chapter three eighteen of gargantua and pantagruel book three by francois rabelais this librivox recording is in the public domain how pantagruel and panurge did diversely expound the verses of the sibyl of panzust the leaves being thus collected and orderly disposed epistemon and panurge returned to pantagruel's court partly well pleased and other part discontented glad for their being come back and vexed for the trouble they had sustained by the way which they found to be craggy rugged stony rough and ill-adjusted they made an ample and full relation of their voyage unto pantagruel as likewise of the estate and condition of the sibyl then having presented to him the leaves of the sycamore they show him the short and twaddle verses that were written in them pantagruel having read and considered the whole sum and substance of the matter fetched from his heart a deep and heavy sigh then said to panurge you are now forsooth in a good taking and have brought your hogs to a fine market the prophecy of the sibyl doth explain and lay out before us the same very predictions which have been denoted foretold and presaged to us by the decree of the virgilian lots and the verdict of your own proper dreams to wit that you shall be very much disgraced shamed and discredited by your wife for that she will make you a cuckold in prostituting herself to others being big with child by another than you will steal from you a great deal of your goods and will beat you scratch and bruise you even to plucking the skin in apart from off you will leave the print of her blows in some member of your body you understand as much answered panurge in the veritable interpretation and expounding of recent prophecies as a sow in the matter of spicery be not offended sir i beseech you that i speak thus boldly for i find myself a little in choler and that not without cause seeing it is the contrary that is true take heed and give attentive ear unto my words the old wife said that as the bean is not seen till first it be unhusked and that its swad or hull be shelled and peeled from off it so is it that my virtue and transcendent worth will never come by the mouth of fame to be blazed abroad proportionable to the height extent and measure of the excellency thereof until prealably i get a wife and make the full half of a married couple how many times have i heard you say that the function of a magistrate or office of dignity discovereth the merits parts and endowments of the person so advanced and promoted and what is in him that is to say we are then best able to judge aright of the deservings of a man when he is called to the management of affairs for when before he lived in a private condition we could have no more certain knowledge of him than of a bean within its husk and thus stands the first article explained otherwise could you imagine that the good fame repute and estimation of an honest man should depend upon the tale of a whore now to the meaning of the second article my wife will be with child here lies the prime felicity of marriage but not of me capsati that i do believe indeed it will be of a pretty little infant 
oh how heartily i shall love it i do already dote upon it for it will be my dainty fetal darling my genteel dilly minion from thenceforth no vexation care or grief shall take such deep impression in my heart how hugely great or vehement soever it otherwise appear but that it shall vanish forthwith at the sight of that my future babe and at the hearing of the chat and prating of its childish gibberish and blessed be the old wife by my truly i have a mind to settle some good revenue or pension upon her out of the readiest increase of the lands of my noise not an inconstant and uncertain rent seek like that of witless giddy-headed bachelors but sure and fixed of the nature of the well-paid incomes of regenting doctors if this interpretation doth not please you think you my wife will bear me in her flanks conceive with me and be of me delivered as women use in childbed to bring forth their young ones so as that it may be said panurge is a second bacchus he hath been twice born he is reborn as was hippolytus as was proteus one time of thetis and secondly of the mother of the philosopher apollonius as were the two palaci near the flood simythos in sicily his wife was bigger of child with him in him is renewed and begun again the palantaki of the megarians and the paling genesee of democritus fie upon such errors to hear stuff of that nature rends mine ears the words of the third article are she will suck me at my best in why not that pleaseth me right well you know the thing i need not tell you that it is my intercrural pudding with one end i swear and promise that in what i can i will preserve it sappy full of juice and as well victualled for her use as may be she shall not suck me i believe in vain nor be destitute of her allowance there shall her justum both in peck and lippy be furnished to the full eternally you expound this passage allegorically and interpret it to theft and larceny i love the exposition and the allegory pleaseth me but not according to the sense whereto you stretch it it may be that the sincerity of the affection which you bear me moveth you to harbour in your breast those refractory thoughts concerning me with a suspicion of my adversity to come we have this saying from the learned that a marvellously fearful thing is love and that true love is never without fear but sir according to my judgment you do understand both of and by yourself that here stealth signifieth nothing else no more than in a thousand other places of greek and latin old and modern writings but the sweet fruits of amorous dalliance which venus liketh best when reaped in secret and called by fervent lovers filchingly why so i prithee tell because when the feet of the loose coat skirmish happeneth to be done underhand and privily between two well-disposed athwart the steps of a pair of stairs lurkingly and in covert behind a suit of hangings or close hid and trussed upon an unbound faggot it is more pleasing to the cyprian goddess and to me also i speak this without prejudice to any better or more sound opinion than to perform that coal-busting art after the cynic manner in the view of the clear sunshine or in a rich tent under a precious stately canopy within a glorious and sublime pavilion or yet on a soft couch betwixt rich curtains of cloth of gold without affrightment at long intermediate respites 
enjoying your pleasures and delights a bellyful at all great ease with a huge fly-flap fan of crimson satin and a bunch of feathers of some east indian ostrich serving to give chase unto the flies all round about whilst in the interim the female picks her teeth with a stiff straw picked even then from out of the bottom of the bed she lies on if you be not content with this my exposition are you of the mind that my wife will suck and sup me up as people used to gulp and swallow oysters out of the shell or as the kilikian women according to the testimony of dioscorides were wont to do the grain of alkermes assuredly that is an error who seizeth on it doth neither gulch up nor spill down but takes away what hath been packed up catcheth snatcheth and plies the play of hay pass repass the fourth article doth imply that my wife will flay me but not all oh the fine word you interpret this to beating strokes and blows speak wisely will you eat a pudding sir i beseech you to raise up your spirits above the low-sized pitch of earthly thoughts unto that height of sublime contemplation which reacheth to the apprehension of the mysteries and wonders of dame nature and here be pleased to condemn yourself by a renouncing of those errors which you have committed very grossly and somewhat perversely in expounding the prophetic sayings of the holy sibyl yet put the case albeit i yield not to it that by the instigation of the devil my wife should go about to wrong me make me a cuckold downwards to the very breach disgrace me otherwise steal my goods from me yea and lay violently her hands upon me she nevertheless should fail of her attempts and not attain to the proposed end of her unreasonable undertakings the reason which induceth me hereto is grounded totally on this last point which is extracted from the profoundest privacies of a monastic pantheology as good friar arthur wagtail told me once upon a monday morning as we were if i have not forgot eating a bushel of trotter pies and i remember well it rained hard god give him the good morrow the women at the beginning of the world or a little after conspired to flay the men quick because they found the spirit of mankind inclined to domineer it and bear rule over them upon the face of the whole earth and in pursuit of this their resolution promised confirmed swore and covenanted amongst them all by the pure faith they owe to the nocturnal sanct rogero but oh the vain enterprises of women oh the great fragility of that sex feminine they did begin to flay the man or peel him as says catullus at that member which of all the body they loved best to wit the nervous and cavernous cane and that above five thousand years ago yet have they not of that small part alone flayed any more till this hour but the head in mere despite whereof the jews snip off that parcel of the skin and circumcision choosing far rather to be called clipyards rascals than to be flayed by women as are other nations my wife according to this female covenant will flay it to me if it be not so already i hardly grant my consent thereto but will not give her leave to flay at all nay truly will i not my noble king yea but quoth epistemon you say nothing of her most dreadful cries and exclamations when she and we both saw laurel bough burn without yielding any noise or crackling you know it is a very dismal omen an inauspicious sign unlucky indice and token formidable bad disastrous and most unhappy as is certified by propertius tibullus the quick philosopher profirius 
eustathius on the iliads of homer and by many others verily verily quoth banerge brave are the allegations which you bring me and testimonies of two-footed calves these men were fools as they were poets and doters as they were philosophers full of folly as they were of philosophy End of chapter three eighteen